0: You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life. All right, how's everybody doing? Sweet. Well, welcome. So glad that you're here. Uh, if you're a guest, we want to especially welcome you. Thanks for being here. My name is Bill, uh, one of the elders pastors here. And uh, who's excited about the water slot outside? Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right, who's going down the water slide? I am. I'm totally going down the water slide, for sure. Um, So, uh, man, I I actually asked Miguel if he would shut these blinds because I was getting so distracted by my excitement. Um, So, thanks for being here, Um, and uh, I'm excited to jump into the Word. I know that uh, my kids are super excited uh, for this morning, being able to just come out and uh, have fun and hang out together, get to know one another a little bit better. I think when we do things like this, one of the hopes is to... Um, spend time together. Just spend time getting to know one another. Um, Having fun together uh, is huge. And um, there was a group of guys here yesterday, and um, they installed those sail shades that are out there to give us some kind of shade. And nobody will ever know the hard work that they put into that thing. Um, I remember they got here at around around eight-ish, and uh, they started doing the work. And I think from what most of us thought, it was going to be, you know, nine post holes, and then put the pulls in and do it. And 1230, I was like, hey, does anybody have a finished picture? And they were still at it. And so it was, uh, I'm so appreciative of them coming out here and serving our church. I know that it seems like, um, wow, that was a lot of work for something so small. But when you're out there trying to have fun and enjoy the property that God has given us, and it is blazing hot because we're in Florida, those sales shades were coming handy for future generations um, because those things ain't going anywhere. And so they were like, you may have gone overkill by the sixes, six by sixes. Um, and so I know my kids are excited to go outside. Kids are pretty crazy. I know that for those of you that have kids or around kids or watch kids, you know how crazy they can be. Um, but they're so much fun and I know that they're excited to get outside. I know that I have a ton of fun with my kids, uh, when we're at home. And one of our favorite things to do is play hide and seek. Um, you ever play hide and seek with a kid? Um, it's a blast and it's so much fun. And, uh, Maya right now, who is three, um, it's, it's just absolutely hilarious to play a hide and seek with her. Um, because she wants to be found, and so she doesn't like to be alone for too long. And so I'll say, okay, ready, go, and I'll just start counting. It could be at any point in the day, anywhere. We could not even be playing. She could be whining, crying, doing something that she shouldn't be doing. I'll just go, okay, go, one, two, and then she takes off running. And she goes and finds a spot, and then what do most kids do? They go to the same spot, right? She makes a lot of noise, right? So she'll be like, ooh, ooh right? Because she wants me to come find her. Um, And without fail, there's always some kind of a limb that's sticking out. And she doesn't even know um, that, you know, her leg's sticking out of wherever she's at. And it's just like, you just sit there and you just laugh because it's so cute and innocent and um, funny. And actually, one of the things we're going to do today is look at a story in the Bible um, that reveals one of the most beautiful and powerful attributes of God. Um, And it, it almost is like as a father going to look for your three-year-old child for hide-and-seek, that he, he sees us and he knows us and he loves us. And so if you have a Bible, grab it, John chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the story of Philip and Nathaniel, Philip and Nathaniel. And, and this isn't a story that, like, I've personally paid a whole lot of attention to. Um, I've read it numerous times, um, and it's, you know, one of those stories that you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, But as I started really diving into it, I realized how much my story intersects with this story, and I think that many of us today, if not all of us, will see that your story aligns with this as well. John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said, behold, An Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Oh, Nathaniel, you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Man, there is something here that I don't want us to miss. That there is a God who loves us, who desires a relationship with us, God sees you. God sees me. And I know in a world of chaos, I mean, just even our prayers this morning for Afghanistan and Haiti and all the stuff and COVID and this pandemic, all the stuff that's going on in our crazy world, I think sometimes we can think that God is distant. He is far away. That he has no idea what's going on. But That's not true. We have a God who sees us individually, and knows us, and desires a relationship with us. So the main idea for this morning, if you're a note-taker, is that God sees you. And the response today is that our invitation is to invite others to come and see how amazing Jesus is. So here's the background. Jesus just started his ministry. He's around 30 years old. And this is after he goes out into the wilderness. If you know at all um, some of the stories, Jesus goes out and is just tempted by the devil. He does not sin. He comes back and he starts inviting people to follow him. Philip being one of those people. He goes to Philip. He says, leave basically everything that you have, your job, your stuff. Come follow me. And Philip does that. In the process of Philip going to meet up with Jesus to follow him, he sees a friend, Nathaniel. He says, we found him. We found the Messiah. Now, he's, what is he referring to? Well, the first, say, five books of the Bible, would have been the law, and, and then there was the prophets, and, and all of them would have pointed to a coming Messiah, a coming person that was going to be, that was going to save the Israelites, that was going to save them from all the things that they were hurting from in the world. And so he said, you know, like, remember growing up, we heard these stories, um, they didn't have it back then, but remember the felt boards? You ever go to a church with a felt board, and you see the little characters, they stick on the board, right? Like, remember all that? Remember when your grandma told you about this Jesus and made you stop and pray before your meal? Remember that? Well, we found him. We found him. And then he says where he's from. So now, Jesus doesn't have many followers at this point. He invites Philip. Now, Philip invites Nathaniel. Now, we see that Jesus says in him there's no deceit, but that doesn't mean that Nathaniel is perfect. In fact, we actually see some stuff here through the language that Nathaniel has some issues. Um, with the imagery of the fig tree. So first, we see there's this prejudice and there's this judgmental spirit that Nathaniel has. He judges Jesus because of his prejudice against Nazareth. If Jesus saw him under the fig tree. He would know Nathaniel's thoughts about Nazareth. He would know that he said, could anything good come out of Nazareth? I grew up in New York, Long Island. Any, any New Yorkers out here? Really? Sweet. Yeah. Oh, my mom. Yeah, she's from New York, by the way. Um, Thanks, mom. (laughs) It's for humoring me. Um, And so, um, you know, it's like me saying, "Oh, I'm from Long Island," and all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, right. Oh, you're from up there, right? Oh, you're from that town, right?" That that that's kind of the attitude that Nathaniel had. That prejudice and judgmental spirit is not perfection. So, what is Jesus saying here? Well, there's this imagery of the fig tree. What would a fig tree be used for? Well, back then, often Jews would retreat to these larger trees, a fig tree, to get alone, to pray, to do some business with God. Some commentators would say that Nathaniel probably was in some sort of a difficult season of life. He was wrestling with God at this point. And so he's having some issues, he's emotional, he's dealing with the chaos of light. And then Jesus uses this word deceit. Well, if we go a little deeper into the Greek, what that word means, it's uh, doulos, someone who baits others with trickery. So the visual here is like bait on a hook, right? What does bait on a hook do? It allures fishes to come and grab on to where you can entrap them and snare them. So especially people who are festering in excessive emotional pain, they would take advantage of other people. So someone dealing with their own problems, their own sin, their own shame, their own hurt. And then you know how it says, like, hurt people hurt people? You know that statement? Well, it's kind of the, that's kind of the word that's used here with deceit. Someone that would allure somebody, trick somebody. And what Jesus, um, what a lot of commentators would say is that he is a man, what Jesus is saying here with there is no deceit. Here is a man, Nathaniel, that has no reason to pull his punches. Here is a man who says what he feels and thinks. You ever meet somebody like that? Maybe you have an in-law like that, right? So someone who doesn't pull punches, they just say what they think, they say what's on their mind, and Jesus is referring to the thing and was saying he has no reason to lie. He has no reason to come in here and make something up because he is dealing with this emotional pain, this emotional hurt, and he is coming into this situation and he is just gonna be who he is. He doesn't have to fabricate anything. He doesn't have to trick anybody. And so... Nathaniel is looking at him going, how how do you know me? Why? Because the fig tree would have been somewhere that was in isolation and private. And so here we see what we call the sovereignty of God. What does that word mean, sovereignty? It means God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. One of the first times in Jesus' ministry that people would have seen that Jesus was more than just a mere prophet. That he was more than just a good teacher. But the fact that he actually has knowledge beyond the circle around him, right? I don't know what they're cooking out there in, in the food truck. I'm sure it's gonna be good, but I don't actually know what they're doing. I don't know their thoughts. I don't know what's going on out there. That's why we shut the blinds, because it distracts me, right? So, But, but Jesus is revealing that he does. That even though his body exists here, he knows something else going on over there. He's seeing you and me in ways that we sometimes don't even see ourselves. He is sovereign. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. This is why King David, you know the story of David and Goliath, a little shepherd boy who comes out and slays this giant with just a sling and a rock? Psalm 139, he writes these words. I love how the NLT Uh, paraphrases this passage. I can never get away from your presence. speaking to God. If I go up to heaven, you are there. And if I go down to the grave, you are there. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. David writes that, knowing that he worships and serves a God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. That even when he tries to hide, what what do Adam and Eve do? When they sin against God, what do they do? They go and hide. Because of their shame, because of their guilt, because of their hurt. Jesus knows exactly where they are. And to some, that brings you so much comfort. I think to some, we sit there and we go, yes, God, you're sovereign. You know my inward parts. Like, you know my shame and my hurt, and still you love me. But for others, I think that, that brings you some fear and anxiety. And in fact, I think that maybe it causes you to um, not let yourself believe in God. It causes almost this wall to go up because you're going, there's no way that if God knew me, he would love me. There is no way that if he saw me, he would actually love me. He doesn't know what I've done. Here's the deal. Some of us have experienced some deep, deep hurt in our lives. And I think sometimes that can cause us to be angry at God. I think for others, we're experiencing sickness. And in that sickness, it causes you to doubt the power of God. And... And then we are struggling with sin. And in that sin, that makes you doubt His love for you because you think, He can't love me in this. And then there's anxiety and loneliness and the fear of failure and depression and addiction that we deal with day in and day out. And it causes us to to want to hide. But throughout this whole interaction, Jesus reveals to Nathanael and he's revealing to us today. I see you. I know you. And I love you. No matter what fig tree you're hiding under, no matter if you're like Maya and you're hiding in the, you know, under the beanbag chair, your limb is sticking out and he knows where you are. He sees you. He knows you. And he loves you. This was my story. I was thinking about this. I was sitting, um, just reading the word and reading this story, and I don't have time for all the details. If you want to talk about it, I'm fully open to, to share those details if we want to get together for coffee or, or meet up, but I was experiencing most of this list in a difficult season of my life. It was in college, and I was dealing with hurt that had built up for years and years and years, pain that... that it was just overwhelming me, but I always kind of shoved it under the rug. You know what that expression is, right? There's a big pile of dirt. and You just kind of lift up a rug and put it under there, um, just trying not to deal with the stuff. Well, there was this point in my life where things were just gr- building up and building up and building up. And then there was my addiction that I was going to to help me feel better about the stuff that was hiding under the rug. And so I was trying to numb myself with all of these things, trying to forget about the pain and the hurt that I was feeling. And I was so scared of failing. I was so scared of letting people down. I was so scared of hurting others by by even letting people know the stuff that I was dealing with, because if I dealt with that, then I had to deal with the stuff that was under the rug, and I knew that mound was too big to deal with. And it all culminated in one specific day, and I remember it so clearly in college. And I remember that day because I remember... That night, walking into a dorm room filled with amazing guys, my best friends, guys I thought I could share anything with, and I never felt so alone. I remember sitting in my bed with all of these guys. There was I think we had six guys in one room at that point. We had a two-bedroom apartment, but we decided to move all the beds in one room to have like a rec room. Don't ask, stupid college kids. Um, And I remember sitting there and thinking, I can go wake any of these guys up, and they would be here with me. But I feel so alone. And I even felt in that moment that God had turned his back on me. That was my fig tree. That was a place for me where I was trying to hide. I was trying to figure out how I could fix it before going to God. Here's what I want us to know. Every single one of us has had that moment or is going to have that moment in our lives. And I've had different moments in my life where I was trying to hide from God. But that's why Jesus came. That is why Jesus was born to grow up, to live a perfect life, to die on a cross, and then to raise again. That's why he came. Everyone hides from God. Everyone tries to run away from God. So God came to us. God came looking for us. He left the perfection of eternity, a perfect relationship between him, the Father, and the Spirit. He wrapped himself in human flesh. Like, why would you do that? You are perfect and holy and have everything that you could ever want and need. Why in the world would you wrap yourself in this stuff? I mean, I don't know about you, but as you get older, right? I got got my forearm hurts, my shoulder hurts, my neck hurts. Like you, you stub a toe and then it hurts for days. Like why would you do that? God of all eternity, couldn't you have done it a different way? But he determined and he decided that he would come to us. Because he sees us, and he knows us, and he knows what we need, and what we need is him. And so, he was ridiculed. He was spit on. And then he was murdered. To prove to you that he sees you. To prove to you that he knows you. And to prove to you that he loves you. There is no greater love than this, than he who lays down his life. What about my sin? God can't forgive my sin. He doesn't know how bad I am. If you think that your sins are hidden from God, then you really don't believe in God. There is not one thing that you have ever done in your life that you were able to get past him. He knows the Dirtiest, ickiest, yuckiest stuff that you've ever done in your life. Things that nobody knows, he knows, and yet he still loves you. He knows, and he still came to die for you. That's why he died, so that his blood would cover you, so that when God looks upon you, he sees his son, Jesus. He sees his daughter. That is the beauty of the gospel. That is why we're here today. That's why we're singing songs. That's why we're opening up his word to hear his good news that there is nothing you could have ever done to get him to stop loving you. So, like Philip did for Nathaniel, our invitation, our response to all this is to first believe and repent. I love what the word repent means in scripture. It means you are believing one thing doing one thing, uh, going after one thing, and the word repent means this, turn around. That's what repent means. You're believing that God doesn't love you. You're believing that you're too bad. You're believing that God doesn't see you. And what repenting, believe and repent means, you stop doing that, you turn around, and you put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. And it's like, well, then what are the steps Well, what you have to do is you have to pray this prayer and then there's a card and you have to check that box and then you, no, what you have to do is repent and believe. There's no magical formula that we're going to be like, oh, you have to go through these 10 steps and then, what does he do to the thief on the cross? Someone who was spitting out blasphemies against Jesus at that point and then all of a sudden stopped and goes, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. This truly is the Son of God. Jesus, would you remember me? I know you see me. I know you hear me. Can I be with you in paradise? And Jesus' response is, yes. That is literally why I'm here, for no other reason. And so we repent and believe that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. He sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. And our response is to invite others to come along and enjoy the amazing God that has forgiven our sins because he's forgiven theirs as well. Amen.